1: It's Friday, February 3rd, 2023, the 744th day of dystopia. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. A warm welcome and hello to all of you listening to the podcast on the day of its release. The only way to do that is by becoming a paid subscriber at I'myourmoderator.substack.com. You can do so for as little as $50 a year or $5 a month, and in doing so, You'll be supporting me, the work I do in this show as it expands, and if you can't or you simply don't want to, continue listening to the podcast for free on a wide range of podcast platforms and, of course, Rumble. All I ask is that you share it with your friends. You can find the links to the podcast, the writing, the social media, and the merch site by visiting linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. So let's start with a couple of stories that should be rather big stories today, but aren't because we have all been hypnotized by the great circle in the sky. And we'll talk a little later about the sky circle for sure. I'm not going to just leave the sky circle alone, but let's talk about some other stuff first. This is from the Tennessee star yesterday. And the Tennessee star is part of a small network, but growing network of alternative news sites. And they do a great job. The headline Memphis official, Investigators are looking into rumors of Tyree Nichols' relationship with former police officer's wife. And apparently, that's how you say his name, Tyree, not Tyre, as it looks. So, apologies for saying Tyre last week. Investigators are looking into a rumored connection between Tyree Nichols and the wife of one of the former officers charged in his murder. The Shelby County District Attorney's Office now tells Newsweek. The revelation comes after a Memphis Police Department spokeswoman told the Tennessee Star there was no evidence to support rumors of Nichols' involvement with the wife of ex-policeman Demetrius Haley. Newsweek asked the Shelby County District Attorney's Office if it is investigating the rumors, including reports that Haley sent photos of Nichols to his ex-wife following the violent arrest of the 29-year-old black man. All of this is still under investigation. Those are the things, along with the participation of others, that are now the subject of our investigation. A spokesperson for the Shelby County District Attorney, Steve Mulroy, told Newsweek in response. And just to recall from last week, Steve Mulroy is one of those ultra-progressive George Soros prosecutors. Erica Williams, director of communications at the Shelby County District Attorney's Office, clarified to Newsweek that rumors about Nichols having a connection to the woman have not been, quote unquote, confirmed. We know that there have been questions about other officers and fire department personnel on the scene, persons remotely operating cameras, the potential of false reporting, among other things. We are now at the stage of our investigation where we are looking into all of these matters, Williams told Newsweek. Earlier this week, Memphis Police Department public information officer Major Karen Rudolph told the star in an emailed statement. There is no evidence that either of these claims are true in response to whether Nichols was targeted in the brutal police beating that claimed his life because he was involved with the spouse of one of the officers. The star also asked whether one or more of the five former Memphis police officers were affiliated with the vice lords gang. The star was prompted to pose these questions directly to the Memphis Police Department after more than two dozen sources in the Memphis area told the star that both these claims were widely circulating. Multiple sources asserted that these claims were provided to them from sources within the Memphis Police Department, but no source has provided direct evidence on the claims and no source within the Memphis Police Department has come forward to the star to make or confirm the claims. And Michael Patrick Leahy, who runs the Tennessee Star, was on War Room this morning and has said that the Memphis Police Department has since cut off communications with them after issuing their original non-denial denial. The claims have been widely reported and repeated on social media. Williams told Newsweek none of the accusations are confirmed. However, she added that nothing is off the table as this is a very active investigation and still early in the investigation. Demetrius Haley is one of five former Memphis police officers, all black, charged in the death of Nichols, who died from injuries following the January 7th traffic stop in the Hickory Hills neighborhood. Video of the encounter shows the officers, part of a now disbanded anti-violence unit, brutally kicking and punching Nichols. The five officers, Haley, to Darius Bean, Desmond Mills Jr., Emmett Martin III, and Justin Smith were all charged with one count of second-degree murder, aggravated assault, aggravated kidnapping, official misconduct, and official oppression. Two other officers assisting at the traffic stop have been relieved of duty, as have three EMTs who responded to the incident. Rumors and speculation about the motives have run rampant, but unconfirmed reports of Nichols' alleged romantic relationship have been constant, from myriad sources, Rodney Wells, Nichols' stepfather, denied the rumors this week at a prayer vigil outside his Memphis home. My son was not messing around. One of the officer's wives, he told supporters, that's just a rumor. Ben Crump, an attorney for the Nichols family, did not return the star's request for comment. So this was one of the biggest stories in the country. Last Friday, we were all preparing for BLM Antifa rioting around the country. There were some protests in Tennessee. They had some in Portland, as always, a smashed up police car in New York. But largely, this story did not achieve its intended purpose in setting off riots around the country, a la 2020. And part of the reason it hasn't been able to do that is because the story just isn't really working for people in that way. Part of it's because all five cops are black. So the racial element that they tried to sell us, that this was still white supremacy, no matter what, well, that didn't work. And there have been constant rumors since Friday of last week that there was gang involvement in this incident. The Memphis Police Department did not deny the possibility of that. That's part of their investigation. And it's also possible that Tyree Nichols was indeed having a relationship with one of the officer's wives. Now, we don't know if any of that's true. We're going to have to wait around and maybe we'll find out. But the story is not just some cops have a random traffic stop. Things don't go exactly as planned. And the police just end up, because of their violent and racist nature, beating an unarmed black man to death. As usual, there is more going on. Now, the more going on doesn't mean that Tyree Nichols' death was justified. It doesn't mean that there's no problem at all with violent police officers. Neither of those things are true. It just means that, as always, the central narrative, the official story that we were first supplied with was false on multiple levels. And when a story is false on multiple levels, you should not assume that anything about the story is true. This is especially the case when the immediate reaction to the story is to push a political agenda toward the defunding of police or the disbanding of certain police units. And once you move into that phase of the conversation, that part of the narrative begins falling apart too. A because people, including black people, at an 80 plus percent rate, do not want police defunded. But also because these failed political narratives end up exposing more problems with what the regime is doing in the first place. They want police defunded altogether. As soon as they bring that up, then you can begin looking into the police department. Well, what are the effects of the regime's agenda on this particular department so far? Oh, their hiring standards have been diminished, allowing the potential for more incidents like this. Well, that's an interesting one. Why are police being hired who have gang affiliations? Why in places like California are they attempting to make it possible for illegal aliens to become police officers and when this many parts of the official story fall apart within a few days you would expect that the story will disappear quickly and that's exactly what's happened even cnn.com doesn't have anything about this story on their front page the only thing that even relates to this story is an article with the headline extremely triggering police shooting survivors react to Tyree Nichols video. So the only part of the story that they still care about is that what people saw on the video is extremely triggering. The story falls apart completely, but they still need you to have your emotional response. Now, there was another big story that popped up in the middle of the afternoon, maybe early evening yesterday, and that's more video from Project Veritas featuring Jordan Tristan Walker. Now, you probably saw the videos from last week. I discussed it on the podcast. Jordan Tristan Walker works with a company called Boston Consulting Group and is a contract employee for Pfizer he let it slip to a man he was on a date with that Pfizer was enhancing their viruses so they could make vaccines to save the world from the viruses they were enhancing. They called it, rather than gain of function, directed evolution. But it seems that's not the only way Pfizer is attempting to direct evolution. Let's hear what Project Veritas dropped yesterday.
0: So, um, tell me more. Like, what's developing with the whole you know virus mutation process? Mm-hmm. Well, they're still kind of conducting the experiments on it, but. Uh, it seems like from I've heard, they're kind of optimizing it, but if they're going slow, everyone's very cautious, like, you know. Right. Obviously, don't want to kind of accelerate it too much. Yeah. Um, but I think they're also just trying to do it as an exploratory kind of thing, because you obviously don't want to advertise that you're trying to figure out future mutations.
1: How would the research study be delayed for COVID stuff, like?
0: Well, not for COVID specifically. So, like, now we're basically focusing on mRNA beyond COVID. So, quite okay. a lot of our forward-looking research studies, you got to make sure they're tracked and things like that.
1: So, what is RNA going to be used for in the future?
0: Uh lots this up, I can't tell you because the camera looks like
1: Wait, why not? <laughs> oh, come on, I feel like I feel like there's you know, is
0: it it's just gonna be like what for flu? Right. It'll be for other things too. There's a whole there's a whole list uh, of things we're developing it for. Oh, yeah, well. not just for viruses. We're applying it for like oncology. Well, I'm less certain about the oncology prospects, but we're doing it for like gene editing, like wait yeah. Wow. The portfolio those move beyond at least internally our focus areas to move beyond COVID. Yeah. Like now they have like a dedicated COVID 19 that just keeps like on that. Right. And so the company has folks on like, okay, now where are we going to use this technology in the future? Because that's what we, the best is coming on now. Like, right. Like, no one gets a shit about COVID. <laughs> right. Like is Pfizer going to be held liable for like any of these vaccine injuries that have happened? Uh I don't think so. Because usually when you give drugs, people think like a no side effects. Um uh, it's like this it's saying an and I'm like that's a label, but they could be, I mean like there were like lots of people or like biox and heart attacks. Really? Yeah. Biox. But so that wasn't it. that wasn't for us, that was another pharma company. Well, they still have to do like a for it over time, so there hasn't been like any problems so far, but we'll see. Uh, like in that several years if anything, goes up, if anything goes up, I'm hoping it won't, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Hope nobody's growing three legs or something like that, right? Yeah, or like the entire next generation is like super fucked up. Could you imagine the scandal? Oh my god, I mean I take Pfizer off my resume, I was yeah. telling something irregular about their menstrual cycles, so people have to investigate that down the line. Yeah. Well, because that is a little concerning, because I mean, like if you think about the science, like it shouldn't be inter- interacting with like, you know, the, uh, it's called like the uh, hypoth- hypothalamus. pituitary gonad- gonadal axis. Right. Like, you know, the hormones are gonna like their menstrual cycles and things like that. It, it actually shouldn't be interfering with that, so we don't really it, know. Time. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. Like no. But no. is it? There's something happening, but we don't know. We figure out. Hmm. Well, I mean, you're a urologist, so you must understand like what's going on with it, right? Like. Well, that's why I understand that uh, it's weird. I mean, I've I've heard that, you know, like mm-hmm. just mental cycles and. I don't know what's going on there. Actually. Yeah, How we don't discover something really bad. Not one. How we don't find out that like there's somehow this mRNA like lingers in the body I and mean, then like because it has to be impacting something hormonal. It impact menstrual cycles. Right. So somehow the vaccine is supposed to be interacting with like that axis, signal the HPG axis, to cause these changes in menstrual cycles. Like think about how this, this, uh, the vaccine, H-P-G axis? Yeah, it goes like the, uh, hypothalamus, pituitary, and then gonads, they send, like, signal signals Okay, yeah. so the it's, H-P-G axis is why the fertility problems are happening. Yeah, because they control the cycles. So like, if anything's impacting that, it must be impacting these hormones, somehow, yep. but then we can control, like, how are they finding hormones, because, like, the signaling sucks in, like, the brain, right? And right. And the vaccine doesn't cause the blood brain barrier. I will. Do, I mean, I will say like if they just come down down line or something longer, that same. Now, usually people will like criticize like the big push. Cause there's a lot of social pressure, job pressure, pressure. See, the exact saying Like, I had to be brushing a lot. would have gotten fired, right? but right. And if something weird to happened downstream, and it was like really bad. I think it was, I mean, the scale of that kind like like almost.
1: So I know the sound on that wasn't great, but I hope you were able to get the gist, or maybe you have seen it before listening to this, if you haven't seen it, if you'd like to see it and be able to understand exactly what's going on, they have subtitles on the Project Veritas video. You can find that on Project Veritas's Twitter, or you can go to the info stream on telegram t.me slash I'm your moderator and search for Veritas and you will find it quickly. So he talks about how they wouldn't want to advertise the fact that they were exploring future mutations He doesn't want to talk about what else mRNA technology might be used for. And then he gets into a discussion about how the vaccine might be affecting women's menstrual cycles. And that's just not supposed to happen. So what must be happening, he theorizes, is that there's something in the vaccine that is affecting women's hormones in the HPG axis, the hypothalamus pituitary gonad axis, something in there is being screwed up by the vaccine and it's causing a hormonal change that's throwing off women's menstrual cycles. Now, we already know from Daily Cloud IO and the work that Naomi Wolf and her group have done on the Pfizer documents that from the beginning, they understood there was some effect on reproductive health in both men and women. There was certainly enough anecdotal evidence from women all around the country and all around the world talking about how they were experiencing menstrual side effects from the vaccine. That was incredibly well documented, and I imagine it would be difficult to find a woman who isn't aware of at least someone they know having gone through that experience now. Finding out that the very safe and very effective vaccine that is neither safe nor effective nor a vaccine was causing reproductive problems in women, but not only women, and that a representative of Pfizer has admitted to Pfizer knowing about those problems on camera, and also finding out that the country has been subjected to yet another race hoax could be kind of damaging to the central narrative. And when that happens, the only thing you can do is attempt to distract everyone with a shiny object. And a shiny object is exactly what we have. In fact, we have a sky circle, a very, very scary sky circle. In the evening yesterday, we immediately found out That there was a Chinese spy balloon sitting in the sky above Montana, and that it might be observing our nuclear facilities. But let's set the table with the mainstream media's take on all of this. CNN has it first thing on their front page. The headline is suspected Chinese spy balloon triggers diplomatic crisis. And they've been updating this story with all the recent developments about the spy balloon. Biden was first briefed Tuesday on suspected Chinese surveillance balloon. White House says, and it's always good to know that the fake president is well aware of this stuff before the public becomes aware of it. The circle would be so much scarier if Joe Biden hadn't known a couple of days before we did. But he did know. And that's how we know that everything's okay. President Joe Biden was first briefed Tuesday on the suspected Chinese surveillance balloon that is hovering over the U.S. as it moves eastward in the coming days. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said the president has since, quote, continued to receive regular briefings and updates from the national security team, she said. After it was reported that Biden was advised by top officials, including Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin and Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff Mark Milley, not to take action to bring the balloon down due to risk to people on the ground. A White House official told CNN that the U.S. has, quote, acted to make it very difficult for them to learn anything significant, reiterating that the balloon, quote, does not pose a military or physical threat. Only shooting the balloon down could pose a physical threat to people on the ground. In Montana, where most of the ground is just ground. But hey, what do you expect? A comprehensive explanation for why the fake president can't take decisive action to protect us from the looming threat of the sky circle? Of course we're not going to get that. Joe Biden very likely can't do anything about the sky circle. So he sends the clownish Lloyd Austin and Mark Milley out to say we told him it would just be a bad idea to take down the sky circle because it's possible that that sky circle could drop on the ground and then hurt humans. And there's just nothing we can do about that as it floats over mostly just empty ground, and we could take it down at literally any time and not affect humans on the ground. But let's just not ask those questions. We don't need to get into all that. Just know that we are keeping Americans safe by doing nothing to the sky circle. Congress has been briefed on China's surveillance balloon activities in the past, the officials said, including a briefing for key committees. That took place last August, per the official staff members for the top Republican and Democratic members of the House and Senate Intelligence Committee were briefed Thursday afternoon, and the official added that Department of Defense and State Department officials briefed leadership staff and national security staff on Friday. The administration has also, quote, provided additional detail in writing. There are also efforts to brief lawmakers behind closed doors next week when Congress returns. We are working on additional classified briefings for Congress next week, the official said. Jean-Pierre also said Friday, Biden agreed with Secretary of State Tony Blinken's decision that it was not appropriate to travel to the People's Republic of China at this time, acknowledging that while China has issued a statement of regret, the presence of this balloon in our airspace is a clear violation of our sovereignty as well as international law, and it is unacceptable. Officials decided to postpone Blinken's visit to China after high-level conversations between Blinken, President Joe Biden, and other national security officials, according to people familiar with the matter. So, Tony Blinken is delaying his China trip for one week in response to this aggression. The sky circle appears sometime on Tuesday, I guess that's when Biden was told about it. And then we all hear about it on Thursday afternoon. And now everyone just looks up in the sky, hoping to catch a glimpse of the circle. It's like watching a Los Angeles high-speed freeway chase, except in super slow motion. It would be totally unsurprising that if by the end of the weekend, a cult had assembled to worship the sky circle. And perhaps Nike or one of our other woke brands will encourage Americans to join hands and form a line all the way across the country as we welcome the sky circle and ponder what the sky circle might be able to accomplish for LGBTQIA++ rights. Perhaps a coven of Instagram influencers will travel to a point ahead in the sky circle's path so that they can all kneel in a circle and and bow and pray to the sky circle. Elizabeth Warren has donned her traditional Indian dress and is now dancing and singing a song praying that the sky circle has come in peace. Out of nowhere, the sky circle has become our everything. Now, China, for its part, has said that the sky circle is in fact theirs. The Chinese foreign ministry released a statement through a spokesperson today. They said it is a civilian airship used for research, mainly meteorological purposes, affected by the westerlies and with limited self-steering capability the airship deviated far from its planned course. The Chinese side regrets the unintended entry of the airship into U.S. airspace due to force majeure. See, that is a force of nature beyond their capacity to control. There was simply a strong westerly wind and spy balloons being mostly balloons. Well, it was steered off course. Now it's in Montana, and eventually it's just going to travel across the... The rest of the country heading east by southeast (laughs) until it disappears over the ocean and eventually South Africa might be able to join in our worship of the sky circle. Or maybe we'll do the very, very safe thing and wait until it gets out over the ocean and then we'll shoot it down so that we know there's absolutely no way that anyone on the ground could be hurt by the disintegration of the sky circle, falling into what we are now calling a debris field. And you got to pay attention to the debris field. Everybody understands what a debris field would be just naturally. So it's one of those phrases you can take out in conversations over the weekend and sound like you know what you're talking about. Why can't Joe Biden shoot down the sky circle? Well, it's because there would be a debris field and anyone in that debris field could get seriously injured by this circle as it falls apart and crashes toward Earth. And that'll be enough of an explanation for most people. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I wouldn't want to be in a debris field when a sky circle fell apart and came crashing down to Earth. That does sound terrible. So I guess, you know, Joe Biden's first instinct was, hey, let's shoot down that sky circle. But then the military came in and said, hey, Joe, I know you're pretending to be president, but we can't let you shoot down the sky circle. And Joe Biden says, come on, man. The sky circle is not a joke. Not a joke. Not a joke. You're telling me we've just got a monster? I, not monster. Uh, mammoth. M- not mammoth. Uh, Monitor. Monitor the sky circle. I thought I was the commander in chief. And the military is just like, come on, Joe, you know, you're not the commander in chief. We're not going to shoot down the sky circle. And because these higher ups at the Defense Department are so, so very serious, it's important to hear what they're saying about the sky circle. They gave a press conference today. Thank you, Pat. Uh, You said that this is uh, violating our airspace. So why not take it down?
3: Yeah. So, uh, you know, clearly, as we assess options, Um, And considering the the size of the payload on this, uh, looking at the potential for debris uh, and the impact on civilians on the ground or property damage. Again, uh, running through the the various factors and looking at uh, in terms of does it pose a potential risk uh, to people while in the air? And right now, as I mentioned, we, we assess that it does not pose a risk to people on the ground as it currently is traversing the continental United States. And so out of an abundance of caution, uh, cognizant of the potential impact to civilians on the ground uh, from a debris field, uh, right now we're going to continue to monitor and review
1: options. Out of an abundance of caution, we're going to let the sky circle just keep going. What are we supposed to do? There could be a debris field this thing could be bigger than the sun. Could you imagine if the sun was just floating around over Montana at a relatively low height and we just blew up the sun? Imagine the debris field. Well, this wouldn't be quite that big, but it would be something like that. Very, very dangerous to people on the ground. I mean, this is a balloon with spy technology. Do you know how many people could be hurt by that when it crashes into the empty terrain of Montana? No, you don't know. But we don't know either. So out of an abundance of caution, we've assessed that the best thing to do is not do anything that would make the sky circle mad and definitely not anything that would make China mad. Is the Chinese government controlling the movement of the balloon or is it just floating with uh, airstreams?
3: Thanks, Jennifer. Uh, So I'm not going to go into uh, any specific intelligence that we we may have. Again, uh, we we know this is a Chinese balloon um, and that it has the ability
1: to maneuver. uh, But I'll just leave it at that. So the Chinese government says that the balloon is traveling in its own direction due to a light westerly wind. But our Defense Department can't actually say whether or not that's true. So it either was the wind or it wasn't the wind. And if it wasn't the wind, then China could direct it. But if China could direct it, that means China's lying about it being the wind. And we don't want to call China the liars in this situation because then they might say something even more real that could make the fake president look even more fake and powerless. So, what we're going to say is that we can't discuss this sort of high level intelligence with you about whether or not the Chinese government is directing the flight path of the sky circle or whether it's just floating along in this light westerly wind. And since we can't tell you, the best thing to do is just look at the sky circle for yourself and think about it on your own. Is the,
0: is the position of the balloon classified?
1: Uh- Phil, right now, uh, what we're
3: not going to do is get into a hour-by-hour location of the balloon. Again, we're monitoring it closely. Uh, I, as I mentioned, right now, it's over the center of the continental United States. That's about as specific as I'm
0: going to get. What I understand my being convenient, but does the public not have a
1: right to know? If uh, the, balloon the public is over certainly state? has
3: the ability to look up in the sky and and see where
1: the balloon is. <laughs> like, what are we, the military? You expect us to just tell you where the sky circle is? When you can go outside and look at the sky circle for yourself, I mean, if you're close enough and if you're not close enough, well, I'm sorry, you don't have the right to know the sky circle and its location are classified unless you're close enough to its location that you can see it and then you can tell other people where the sky circle is. But we as the military can't tell you about the sky circle because what we're hoping is that everyone will just talk about the sky circle as if it's a great mystery throughout the entire weekend until people forget about it. But in the meantime, they're going to forget lots of other stuff we don't want them talking about. And if people do end up forming small religious sects based on the location of the sky circle as it traverses the sky, well, that's just a risk we're going to have to take. Now, people have speculated that it's possible the Sky Circle could be carrying an EMP. And if that was the case, then attacking the Sky Circle might be very dangerous. And it would also signify a great danger to the United States that China could just easily ship an EMP right over the center of the continental United States without it being taken down for days now because the feckless fake president does not have the ability to respond to this sort of situation. And I think that that is ultimately the key here. The sky circle is basically a large scale public shaming of Joe Biden. What in the world could be more embarrassing than finding out that the supposed president of the United States and commander in chief of the greatest military the world has ever known, is thoroughly unable to protect America from sky circles. No matter what the details of the sky circle turn out to be, the salient point here is that Joe Biden has no ability to act whatsoever. Donald Trump Jr. today posted this on Truth Social. I'm sure the Chinese would sit idly by with their thumbs up their ass while we floated spy balloons over their country. We are showing our weakness day in and day out. And unfortunately, for the rest of the Western world, it's contagious. And that's the point. In my eyes, that's the entire point of seeing this story in the first place. It is being shown to everyone that Joe Biden does not have the ability to respond To this situation. He doesn't have the ability to respond to any situation. And pictures of the Sky Circle are actually a totally valid and effective response from now until the end of time when people trot out their slogans about how Joe Biden united the allies in the European Union and NATO to support Ukraine. Well, no, he didn't. Joe Biden can't even defend us from a sky circle. Donald Trump, for his part, weighed in and said, shoot down the balloon. And of course, the child brains out there are going to say, oh, that's so reckless. Thank goodness. Joe Biden isn't reckless like Donald Trump. Who knows what's in that sky circle? Joe Biden is listening to the experts and the experts, of course, are the military Even though the entire purpose is that we have a civilian commander in chief and the military executes those orders in the best way possible. But they'll focus in on Donald Trump being irresponsible and dumb, as they always do and are always wrong about. He comes out and says, shoot down the balloon. And now they're forced into explaining why Joe Biden won't shoot down the sky circle and why that's a good idea. It puts them in the position of actually arguing in favor of America's weakness, because the truth is, if Donald Trump was publicly recognized as president and the one dealing with these situations, he would never have let the sky circle come to the middle of the country in the first place. Again, Joe Biden, we're told, found out about the sky circle on Tuesday. And so now he's known about it for three days and done absolutely nothing about it. Donald Trump is recommending the one decisive action that Joe Biden cannot possibly take. So it sets up that dichotomy in people's minds. Oh, well, Joe Biden is totally feckless and totally incompetent to protect us from even this non-threatening sky circle. But since Trump has now made the point of how things would be different if he was controlling the situation, now they have to argue in favor of Joe Biden's fecklessness and incompetence. And that will be the only takeaway from this situation. People realizing that Joe Biden does not have the ability to decisively do anything. World leader after world leader who Joe Biden has approached to help the United States in some way when he was going around the world trying to figure out who might be able to give us oil for instance, or when he was turning over all of the Five Eyes intelligence to the Chinese Communist Party, and then that intelligence ended up in the hands of Vladimir Putin at the beginning of the Russia-Ukraine exchange, well, they all punked Joe Biden. Volodymyr Zelensky gets on the Internet and tells Joe Biden he needs to send billions more dollars every single week, and Joe Biden just goes ahead and does it. Vladimir Putin won't even talk to him. Countries that are supposed to be American allies are forming currency exchanges with our adversaries. And Joe Biden can't even protect our borders. How many examples do we need of foreign leaders around the world punking Joe Biden before we understand that they don't treat Joe Biden as president because Joe Biden is not a legitimate president, they know for the thousandth time there is no way in the world that Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin and the leaders of all of these other countries get their news from CNN. They don't believe that Joe Biden got 81 million real legal American votes. Why? Because they have intelligence services and they think for themselves because their decisions actually matter in the real world, whereas the political views of people like my dumb uncle, the biologist, don't matter at all. So he believes that Joe Biden got 81 million real legal American votes. So what all that is is annoying to smart people. There's not really any impact there except how much annoyance he provides to smart people. But for Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping, it actually does matter whether or not they think Joe Biden got 81 million real legal American votes. And of course, they know he didn't. So why are they going to treat him like he did? Joe Biden might be the most compromised politician in the history of world politics and compromised by all of these adversarial nations who give him no respect and have proven time and time again that they're not willing to help him in any way enhance his agenda because his agenda is the global regime's agenda and they are splitting off from the global regime. So why in the world are they going to pretend that Joe Biden is a real president and try to help him? Elections have consequences. Stolen elections have catastrophic consequences. Steve Bannon says it all the time, and he is exactly right. This is a display of absolute weakness on the world stage. The regime has been talking about how China is going to invade Taiwan and that the U.S. is going to rush to Taiwan's defense. And maybe then they can finally get the kinetic World War III they they've always dreamed of. But the sky circle all by itself is illustrating the fact that there is no way in the world Joe Biden is going to provide a military defense to Taiwan. And I want to be clear about something that I say on the podcast occasionally. I was discussing it in a chat earlier. I want to make sure that everybody understands the one China policy in regard to the United States and Taiwan. This is from Wikipedia. The one China policy refers to a United States policy of strategic ambiguity regarding Taiwan. In 1972, in a joint communique with the PRC, the United States acknowledges that all Chinese on either side of the Taiwan Strait maintain there is but one China and that Taiwan is a part of China and does not challenge that position. It reaffirms the U.S. interest in a peaceful settlement of the Taiwan question. The United States has formal relations with the PRC, recognizes the PRC as the sole legal government of China and simultaneously maintains its unofficial relations with Taiwan while not recognizing China's sovereignty over Taiwan. So they are constantly trying to have it both ways. Taiwan is officially recognized as part of China, but unofficially they get to pretend that Taiwan is not part of China. And that works in their narrative game. It works in the way that they're able to change public perspective about the situation there. And it's the only thing that will provide a basis for calling China's efforts in Taiwan in the future an invasion, because without calling it an invasion, it will not make any sense to anyone to say that China is taking over part of China. It would basically be like if the uniparty communists in the United States, if the evil twin faction rose to such power that they began building their own government and facilities in Hawaii, and then we rid ourselves of the evil twin faction and were like, hey, we're going to remove the evil twin faction from Hawaii too. The United States wouldn't be invading Hawaii. China just went a lot further down the road with the Chinese Communist Party than we have done here with the Democrat Communist Party and its complicit uniparty Republicans. Again, what we're going to see is just a replay of Russia and Ukraine. And it's hard to tell when that'll happen. Things do seem to be ramping up right now, but it remains to be seen. This is from the Post Millennial this morning. China to be quote, ready to invade Taiwan by 2027, end quote, under orders from Xi. Central Intelligence Agency director William Burns has warned that China could potentially be planning an invasion of Taiwan. Speaking to an audience at Georgetown University in Washington, D.C. on Thursday, Burns revealed that the United States knew as a, quote unquote, matter of intelligence that Chinese leader Xi Jinping has ordered his military to be prepared to invade the island nation by 2027. According to Reuters, Burns cautioned against inferring anything specific from Xi's statement, saying it, quote, does not mean that he's decided to conduct an invasion in 2027 or any other year, but it's a reminder of the seriousness of his focus and ambition, End quote. Our assessment at CIA, he continued, is that I wouldn't underestimate President Xi's ambitions with regard to China. Oh, man, it sounds like the CIA has their finger right on the pulse sometime between now and four years from now. China might invade part of China. And because it's possible that they might do that, well, we better not take our eye off the ball. Now, give us billions of dollars to do with whatever we like, and we'll go take over other parts of the world. Burns went on to highlight China's relationship with Russia, noting that she was bound to be, quote, surprised and unsettled by Putin's, quote, very poor performance in the months since his forces invaded Ukraine. He warned that despite this, China is still the United States, quote, biggest geopolitical challenge. Competition with China is unique in its scale, he said, explaining that it, quote, unfolds over just about every domain, not just military and ideological, but economic, technological, everything from cyberspace to space itself as well. It's a global competition in ways that could be even more intense than competition with the Soviets was and quote sure thing CIA guy less than 24 hours before Burns delivered his speech news broke of a Chinese spy balloon floating in the skies above Montana. However, he did not address the issue directly according to the Pentagon. The balloon is traveling at an altitude well above commercial air traffic and does not present a military or physical threat to people on the ground. Brigadier General Pat Ryder explained that, quote, instances of this kind of balloon activity have been observed previously over the past several years. Well, it's strange we never heard about them. Why were they trying to deprive us from knowing about sky circles? So, China could invade part of China anytime between now and 2027, so we need to be on totally high alert for this event that could happen literally in any of the next. 1500 days and so we might eventually tell you about how China is very weak and scared by something and they might act out at any time and then the thing's going to happen and they'll say well we told you it could happen at any time over the next 1500 or so days and because we've been prepared for this we know exactly how to strike back so if America will just all agree that our greatest purpose ever In the history of the world, you know, after Ukraine, this is even bigger than Ukraine now, our greatest purpose ever in the history of the world is to defend part of China from the other part of China. And people might say, well, hey, you cannot be so blasé about the possibility of China taking over Taiwan because that's where all our semiconductors and chips are manufactured. And fair point. But if that's the case, then we should also recognize that it was the same global communist regime working with the Chinese Communist Party that put such critical manufacturing, manufacturing critical to the American economy in part of China. And once you realize that, you might think, hey, the guy pretending to be president who is actually compromised by all of these foreign adversaries might not be the exact right guy to handle this multi-level problem that he and his own regime have caused. But nope, forget about that. You have to trust the experts. You have to turn to the authorities and the experts and the authorities in this case are all in the regime. Isn't it amazing how that works out? They cause all the problems and then the only thing we can do once things get that bad is turn to the authorities, which also happen to be all them. It truly is amazing how many times these massive problems arise out of the regime's own activities and the only thing we can do in response is trust the regime a little harder. It's like they're planning it that way. Now, speaking of Biden's total incompetence, fecklessness and illegitimacy and his total compromise to our foreign adversaries, this is the New York Post from last evening. Hunter Biden begs friends, dad Joe's employees to get him off the hook. Hunter Biden has friends in high places. Two Delaware prosecutors whom the first son's lawyer called upon to probe Hunter's infamous laptop have deep ties to the Biden family. While a top DOJ official who received a similar demand is a veteran of the Obama administration and liberal think tanks, an analysis by the Post has shown in other developments in the laptop story. Hunter Biden attorney Abby Lowell tried to walk back his prior admission that the laptop did indeed belong to his client. He actually came out and tried to say, well, yeah, you know, I know that I implied that the laptop was actually Hunter's when I was going after Tucker Carlson and Garrett Ziegler and John Paul McIsaac, but there's also a chance still that it's not his laptop. And so I just want the public to know that you can't say for certain that it is his laptop because there is still some doubt out there. And the only reason there's that out there, of course, is because I'm continuing to lie about it. But you should take my lie seriously and maintain your doubt. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy dismissed the first son's investigation demand as a delaying tactic and vowed lawmakers would get to the bottom of the computer secrets. An attorney for repair shop owner John Paul McIsaac slammed Hunter Biden as desperate and trying to blame everyone else for his own actions. And he's right about that. Let's skip over to the Daily Mail for just a second. This is a headline from today. Hunter Biden accused of intimidation as it is revealed he was hit with a $75,000 defamation lawsuit by Delaware laptop repairman five days before he demanded the DOJ prosecute anyone who shared his hard drive. So John Paul McIsaac, filed a defamation lawsuit against Hunter Biden, and now a few days later, Hunter has figured out a way to encourage the DOJ to prosecute all the people who have done work on that laptop that he abandoned at John Paul McIsaac's computer repair shop with a signature agreeing to the terms of handing the laptop over for the work, which included that if Hunter Biden abandons that laptop and does not show up for 90 days. The laptop becomes the possession of John Paul MacIsaac. But I'm sure those events are totally unrelated, which means that we can't say they are related in any way until the TV tells us they are. Lowell fired off a series of letters late Wednesday calling for a criminal investigation into what happened to the laptop after it was abandoned at a Delaware computer repair shop in 2019. First, State Attorney General Kathy Jennings was among those urged to look into people connected with the laptop, including McIsaac and former President Donald Trump's one-time attorney Rudy Giuliani. Jennings, a Democrat who was elected state AG in 2018, was tapped in 2011 by then-Delaware Attorney General Bo Biden, Hunter's late brother, to serve as a prosecutor in the state's Department of Justice. In 2019, despite the misgivings of many Democrats about a Biden 2020 presidential run, Jennings jumped on board the day the former vice president announced he would seek the White House. I've known Joe, Jill and the Biden family for most of my life, Jennings wrote in a gushing Facebook post. Joe is one of the kindest and most genuine people I've ever known. I'm choosing Joe because nobody understands more what it means to heal. And right now, that's what America needs. Even closer to the Biden family is Jennings chief deputy Alexander Mackler, who served as Joe Biden's press secretary in his final months as a U.S. senator, managed Bo's successful reelection campaign for state attorney general in 2010 and served as the elder Biden's deputy counsel during his time as Barack Obama's vice president. Mackler's name also appears frequently in Hunter Biden's laptop. I just finished a hellacious couple of months in court, Mackler wrote Hunter on October 16, 2018, in a message with the subject line, hey. Now that I have a chance to breathe, was wondering how life is on your end, Mackler went on. Last you told me you were out in L.A., Give me a call sometime. We can catch up. Love you, brother. In Mackler's last message to Hunter from February 3rd, 2019, he wished his friend a happy birthday and added lost track of time down here. Hope you're okay. Call sometime. So basically, everyone involved in this latest effort to prosecute the people who have actually investigated the laptop are directly connected to the Biden family and its corruption. But what else would you expect? The Biden family business is political corruption. The Bidens are a crime family. The Bidens have always been a crime family. They literally work with the actual mafia. One of Hunter Biden's business partners is Whitey Bulger's nephew. So where are we? Well, the great document extravaganza continues. We've had another document search just this week. That all seems to be connected to David Weiss's investigation of Hunter Biden happening now in Delaware. We have a special counsel involved in the document extravaganza. We have the evidence of corruption. We have the connections to Ukraine and Russia and China. Joe Biden compromised by all of these places. We're beginning to finally hear in the public about how Joe Biden and Hunter Biden were involved in funding Metabiota directly connected to the Defense Department bio labs in Ukraine set up by Barack Obama. These biolabs were working on deadly pathogens. They were studying the migratory patterns of birds as they would fly over Russia, and they were studying pathogens that could be designed to attack people of Slavic ethnic heritage. All while there was an ethnic civil war raging in Ukraine for the last eight plus years as part of the fallout of Biden and Obama and Clinton linked people in the American deep state overthrowing Ukraine's government. But sure, the fake president is exactly the guy to solve all of the problems that he was involved in causing. What we are seeing is a man pretending to be president who has no power, no competence and no legitimacy. And it's not just me saying it. It's being shown to be true by our global adversaries as they continue to embarrass him over and over again on the world stage. At some point, you might think people would wake up to the fact that they know Joe Biden is not a real president. But let's hear from one first on Russia and Ukraine and then on China. This can be negotiated. How do we do
2: that? Well, first of all, it should have never started. It would have never started had I been president. There was no chance of this war starting. And frankly, I don't think Putin wanted to do it. I think he was sort of forced in by the statements being made by Biden. And it's something so sad to see because no matter what happens now, it can never be like it could have been with nobody dead and with no cities demolished. Because you look at some of these cities, they're absolutely in ashes. This uh, one city, they were flying over it. There was not one building standing. So it should have never, ever happened, but it did happen. Uh, With that being said, it can be negotiated, I think, within 24 hours. Uh, It really has to be done from the office of the president. And you have to get them both in a room. And there are things you can say to each one of them, which I won't reveal now, which will guarantee that this war will end immediately. And they have to do it because what's happening is a horror. It's a horror. And far more people are being killed than what they're talking about. You know, they're talking about numbers that are nothing by comparison to what the real numbers are. When they knock down those big apartment houses and when they knock out cities and they say two people died or three people were hurt, that's not right. So I think the numbers are far greater. That'll be revealed at a later date. But we have to do something about it. That war has to stop and it has to stop now. And it's easy to do.
1: Now, as you might imagine, the supporters of the regime online are pretending that what Donald Trump is saying is that he has the magic solution and he's just not going to tell anybody about it. That's obviously not true. Donald Trump is saying that he could put an end to all of this immediately. But what that would take is Joe Biden no longer pretending to be president. And it does seem we're headed in that direction. All of those things I listed earlier, those are all a pretty good basis for Joe Biden being removed from office in one way or another. It seems most likely through the 25th Amendment at some point, And Donald Trump previewed that for us over two years ago. But all of that, of course, remains to be seen. The point he's making is if you care about the lives of Ukrainian citizens, as many people say they do there is actually a simple solution to this conflict that was started because the regime stole the election in 2020. The situation could be solved quickly at any point as soon as all of that is admitted and understood. Because again, Joe Biden doesn't have the ability to negotiate an outcome in Ukraine because Vladimir Putin does not treat him like an actual president And I got to say, it doesn't really seem like Volodymyr Zelensky treats him like a real president either. He goes on TV constantly to talk about how Joe Biden isn't doing enough to help him. Joe Biden is being continually embarrassed by the comedic actor because every time he begs, Joe Biden has to say yes, which makes him look completely weak to most normal Americans who have realized. $100 billion should not be going to defend deep state assets in Ukraine. Here's Donald Trump addressing China and the Sky Circle in a video statement put out today.
2: It's rarely even mentioned that China has many thousands of spies working in the United States in business, finance, academia, technology, media, and likely even government, very sadly. As president, I established a special initiative at the Department of Justice tasked with the sole mission of targeting Chinese espionage in the United States. Joe Biden terminated that program right away, suggesting that it was somehow racist. According to published reports, this came shortly after 160 faculty members of the University of Pennsylvania, where I went to school, the Wharton School of Finance, home of the now infamous Biden Center, wrote to Merrick Garland, and demanded that the Chinese espionage initiative be shut down immediately. Congress needs to dig deep into the financial operations of the University of Pennsylvania, its Chinese donors, the Biden Center, and the Biden family, and figure out what the hell is going on. As president, I took the most dramatic action of any administration to curtail China's ability to conduct espionage in the United States. And when I'm back in the White House, those efforts will be expanded in a very, very big way. Instead of hunting down Republicans, a reformed FBI and Justice Department will be hunting down Chinese spies. We will create new partnerships with businesses and universities to give them the tools to protect themselves from insider threats. We will also impose whatever visa sanctions and travel restrictions are necessary to shut off Chinese access to American secrets in compliance with our demands and in compliance with our laws. The FBI even recently admitted that China operates a secret police force on American soil. How do you like that one? Imposing the iron fist of the Communist Party. The rule, think of this, the Communist Party rule on Chinese nationals in the United States. Just think about that. We will shut that down and we will shut it down, Cole. Thank you very much. So Joe Biden reversed
1: the Trump administration's efforts to go after Chinese espionage in the United States. And it was the University of Pennsylvania leading that effort. The University of Pennsylvania, of course, is part of the Penn Biden Center where the classified documents were found. And that's the same Penn Biden center that was being funded with CCP money. The CCP gave fifty four million dollars to the University of Pennsylvania. So we have a fake president who's protecting China's ability to carry out espionage in the United States. We have a fake president who took all our intel about Russia and Ukraine and handed it over to the Chinese who then handed it to Russia and we have a fake president who cannot even protect us from the sky circle. It might be time to stop arguing about the nuances. Oh, Joe Biden's better at this than Donald Trump, though. Nah, now nah, that's not the answer. The answer is Joe Biden's a fake president. Take that one to the bank. I'll be back Monday at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Maston and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic and Joe Biden will never be president. In my mind that's the end game. If you're listening to this episode for free, you can support me and support the show and the work I do by signing up for a paid subscription at i'myourmoderator.substack.com. You can do so for as low as $50 a year or $5 a month, comes out to under a quarter per episode and you'll blast right through the paywall for all of the writing. The merch store is www.cancelcouture.com and you can find everything else by heading to Linktree. Linktree.com slash I'm Your Moderator. And I'll see you soon. Out on the range.